Well, let's talk about Ableton and why is the best DAW. Mic check, mic check, one, two, three, four, let's go. Good fins, good fins. We we're going to talk about a, a, quite a few fins here and there, you know, and some little interesting hot takes here. Um, but before I do, I definitely want to talk about, you know, my, my personal experience with Ableton Live. And I want to talk about why I believe it's the best DAW that's out there for any sort of content creation or producing or engineering and all that aspects, you know. I want to talk about that, you know. Um, but before we do, let me get this out of the way. Um, for those of you who weren't aware, the other day, the last week, I'd like aired two episodes, which is dope. Um, we talked about a little bit of the whole red pill manosphere. Thank God I'm not involved with that. Thank God I don't have to be involved with that bull crap because it's like a lot of nonsense. So there was just some back and forth here and there. Um, they just keep sinking themselves to the to the to the sunken. Probably from those you know from the Get Out movie, because my God, the level of stupidity that comes out of their mouths is just unbearable. Recently, I'm, I'm not gonna cover the whole thing. I'm just gonna say a little snippet. If anybody's interested, they can watch it. I'm not gonna cover it. Um, Fresh and fraud. I mean, Fresh and Fit. They come after our 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 boys Abba and Preach, who are known as black content creators who at who for in Canada who actually has a fresh perspective on things. You know, they're a third party who see things how they are and be like, this is what we believe how it's supposed to be. You know, they're not saying that follow us, this is how it is. Like, no. They bring out fresh, logical common sense to the table. And I like those takes, you know? For the time to time, they do some funny videos, which like I laugh and my fiance laughs about it. It's like they're good. And sometimes they take some very controversial takes, but but I appreciate, you know, and respect them out of them. Just recently, Fresh and Fraud, I mean, Fresh and Fred, they basically attacked them and it was just like, what are they doing? They're just a bunch of buffoons. And then I thought Sneeko was back again to like getting themselves back. But then again, Sneeko just reverts back to their his his own selfish thing being an idiot which again i keep telling people why are we keep giving him a platform and they taking things out of context way out of context and then they making fun of uh Abra and preach and they be calling them a bunch of names i can't even say it here you know you guys have to watch it because it was some level of ra racism that came from their mouths which is wild because these two, Myra and Fresh, are all both uh, black content creators. Even though they're they're in it for the wrong reasons, they blatantly disrespect them, they insulted them, and they went above and beyond to be racist about it. Listen, guys, black people can be racist too, all right? It's not just only the white people. This is my hot take. I get it. This is a hot take. Are there black people who are racist? Yes. Just like there's a lot of Asian people who are racist, where a lot of Indians who are racist and a lot of Hispanics who are racist. Of course. It's not just predominating by the whites. It's there. Racism is all around all, all sorts of fields, you know? Whether you want to accept it or not, that's totally up to you, but you can check. And I'm just trying to keep it real with you guys, you know? So when I saw that, I saw the buffoonery that came out of them. I said, I'm not going to cover it. I'm just going to talk about it a little bit and move on because I do not want to give more content to them. I don't want to expose them even more, not in a good or bad way that we, because it's my responsibility to talk to you about this sort of behavior. And do and do not do what they're doing. No, it's be, it's more about you know the response to Abra and Preach. This is like this is the level you stupid. You're you're just that low. You're just that of a moron. All right, we're not gonna cover it that much. So that's their attitude. And I'm like, you know what? That's good. I know a lot of content creators are gonna cover it. It's gonna be a, a field day for everybody. They're gonna make fresh and free again. You know, no, they're gonna talk about it. It's gonna be trending. I don't want to give that power to them because that's how you stop. That's how you stop. Sure, if they if they attack me personally, I will go all 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 war at them. But 
not even in their league and they're not even in my league. We're two different industries within the same industry, ironically, right? Um, yeah, so I just want to talk about it. I already talked too much. You guys want to see their stupidity, go to go to Abbott and Preach's web's, um, YouTube channel. Look at the video that they posted and they're going to give you the snippets of what they say and it's just blatant racism. I'm saying racism because I can't say the actual or even though I'm pretty sure I've already said it a few times because YouTube will demonetize me. With what money? I don't know because I'm not making dollars. <laughs> Anyways, now that we got that out of the way, that's the ugly part. There's another ugly part later on, but it's going to correlate to movie and TV shows. But let's talk about this. Let's talk about a very interesting take, which is Ableton Live. And why I believe Ableton Live is... is Basically, the best DAW, digital audio workstation, in the entire industry, and if anything, the entire world. Let me rephrase that. Why I believe, my opinion, my opinion, why I believe, in my opinion, Ableton is the best DAW in the entire industry. This is based on my opinion, guys. So before you take out a count and say, Wolfson said that Ableton is better than in any other DAW. No, I didn't say it's better than any DAW. I said it's one of, it's the best, in my opinion. My opinion. Others can argue that Fruity Loops is better. Others can argue that Logic is better. Others can Pro Tools is better. That's like, that's fine. That's their prerogative. That's their opinion. I am not saying it because I've been enabled 10 since life aid damn since 20 since 2013 i've been on Ableton. wow that's a lot um i'm not saying it out of bias i'm very objective and subjective on certain topics and i can be unbiased on it i can put up i can take out my hand and be like all right i can listen and i can and i can tell you why you know i'm not i'm not gonna be like yeah ableton live is the best because of this this is it Sure, but it's going to be on a very unbiased perspective. All right, guys? And I'm telling you guys this because I've already done every DAW. Like, I've, I've even done Sony's Asset Pro, which is like, yeah, I've even done Reason. Reason was actually pretty hard to, to deal. I know some folks use it, but and shout out to those guys who know how to use Reason because I could never figure that shit out. Um... You know, of course, Fruity Loops, Logic Pro Tools, and Ableton. You know, yeah, those are like the main ones that you know you'll be using when you're when you're an up and coming producer or an up and coming engineer. You know, you tend to go to whichever is suited for your industry. The industry standard usually is Pro Tools. That's industry standard. Everybody needs to know on Pro Tools. I know about it. I know the basics of it. I know how to use it. I know how to record stuff. I know how to hook that up to boards and whatnot. Um, will I use that for mix and mastering? No. Because beauty about it is that Ableton does everything. I'm going to explain that a little bit later. You know? Yeah, so for engineers, you know, producers that they want to, you know, record stuff, they, the industry standards Pro Tools. That's never going to change. That's what it is. And it's because of the audio engine that provides it and all the versatilities that can do. I mean, you can video edit stuff in Pro Tools. You know, you can do that. It's not just audio. It's also video. So it's, a, so it's a very cool thing, you know? It's just it has a lot of shortcuts, and you have to be not very good at typing. Um, because of my line of work, I don't even go near Pro Tools. Because it, it's, it's, not, it's not there for me. Um, if I decide to go, which I'm really am considering, um, to go more in the realms of Foley art or you know, surround 5.1 and voice at, voiceover and stuff like that, then probably I should retrain myself to, for Pro Tools again, you know. But all that stuff, I can do it in Ableton. Again, we're going to talk about that a little bit later. This is going to be very unbiased, guys. And I'm going to give you some pointers as to why I believe it is one of the best and, I, and why I believe um, up-and-comers should consider learning how to use Ableton and why it's in... Its effectiveness is very good at it, you know. 
So we're going to talk about that. That's going to be a big topic today. And then we'll talk about the rest. Like I said before, I've I've already dwelled into other DAWs. If you guys don't know what DAW is, I'm going to explain it again, even though you should already know. Um, it, DAW stands for Digital Audio Workstation, which is the programs that in that enables us producers and engineers to do the magic that you always listen to on the radio. You know, all the music, all the edits, all the mixing, mastering, the creation, everything is done through a, a digital audio workstation, a DAW or a DAW. That's what we call the programs, you know. A lot of people just say a video program or audio program, you know, oh, it's a premiere, it's an audition, it's a Photoshop. You know, they call it programs. We call it DAWs because it's much more it's much more unique and niche to it. Um, and I've dwelled into some of the the ones that are well known out there. And I always found it very hard to understand how it works. That's until I started playing with Ableton. And Ableton was very quick for me to learn. Surprisingly. And it's because Ableton's unique ability to pick up very quickly and learn right away is what stands with other DAWs in the industry and makes me believe that, man, people still underestimate this DAW and it's, and I feel like people don't use it to its full potential and I feel like it's still, people will look at it as a, a, a very underrated overlooked that and don't give the credit that they deserve because they can go above and beyond. Many, what I've learned from school and from many others is, you know, when you're recording stuff, you always tend to record on um, Pro Tools. Record all the stuff, mix and master for it and do your thing from there. If you're working on other DAWs, they recommend like do your thing, stem out the, the song and then use those stems to put it on Pro Tools and mix and master. That's what I've learned in, in school and from other people that told me that's how you do it. One brave person known as Nady, shout out to my brother Nady, um, he believed that if you can do all that stuff in Ableton, then who cares? Like, why do we have to do that extra step? If you can do it in Ableton, why you got to do all that extra step? And I took that very dearly the consideration of it. And since then, I've been mixing, mastering my music on Ableton. Not only that am I being making this music, I'm also mixing, mastering them. And I'll take it a step further. Ableton also has a function for us to slap a video and edit and mixing, master the, the audio quality of it. Not the video quality, the audio quality. I can still edit, like cut certain things and paste it together and whatnot. Ableton has that function. Maybe it's not the best. I could say like it could be better. Like I feel like Pro Tools is a lot better than doing that. But given the fact that I I've trained myself to do Ableton my whole my my whole the ten years that I had it, and and not only that I can also do video edits, like video editing my podcast and do clips out of it with no me knowing all the shortcuts already at hand people are like underestimate like how amazing it is and how overlooked and how much user friendly it is because that's a thing i feel like people are afraid of ableton because they feel like oh this is like what the pros use like i don't know if i can make it and when they open the doors like holy crap what do i do they don't know the first thing and I, and i get it but once you start once you start the ball rolling, you start the peak curiosity comes in naturally. And then you start to do stuff. And then you start to do stuff. And then you start to do stuff. And you're like, oh my God, what, what did I just do right now? Holy crap, look at this. I did this in the span of 30 minutes. My God, you know how much time I saved to do this, this, and that? Yeah, guys. Ableton is that good. And mind you, I'm not being sponsored by Ableton. I'm still not a certified trainer yet. But yeah, guys, like Ableton is that good. It's that good of a user-friendly 
DAW. Like, and you can, and and it's one thing that I will tell people that DAW is limitless. And I say limitless, it goes beyond beyond audio. And the level of creativity that you can go over it as far exceeds any other DAW. 100%. The level of audio manipulation that you can do on um, Ableton and then and do other crazy shit on top of it, nobody can be on par with it. Especially, let me tell you this, especially this part, what I'm about to say. When you're doing the mix and mastering, sometimes you require um, third-party plugins like Ozone, which is the most infamous one for you to mix and master, you know? And sometimes you use Fat Filter as well. You sometimes use the Kilohertz plugins, you know? And sometimes you use um even Siren's, you know, effects racks. You, you also use them. There's a lot of good plugins out there that you can use. Even the Waves plugins like the Disperser or the Multiband Compressor. Fat Filter is mostly for, um, for, for EQs and getting it more specifically. But people don't realize this. But Ableton's plugins that allows you to mix and master, not saying that they're the best, but they go on par with these third-party plugins. And they can do exactly what those other third-party plugins can do and a little bit more. Why else have you heard that running joke of, of OTT, 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 OTT? Yeah, because in Ableton, the OTT uh, compressor that it has, it's... It's basically one knock, one knob away to do whatever you want to do. You hardly have to do anything. You just go up and down with the knobs. You don't have to get uh, zeros and OTT. You don't have to get kilohertz OTT. You don't need to get any other third-party plugin. No, Ableton's OTT can handle it. The EQ is the same thing. You can do so much with the EQs. The limiter, the multiband compressor. The reverb itself is good. You don't really need to get Valhalla. You can still use Ableton's reverb. And I can go on and on with the others as well. That's just the effects rack. I haven't even mentioned the the one, the analog flat, the sampler, the sampler, stuff like that that allows you to ma manipulate your audio and do other crazy shit. So imagine that not only you're not only you got Ableton, you don't really have to pay. Hundreds of dollars on third-party plugins to mix and master your stuff. No, you can use Ableton stuff. And it's still good. It's on par with those third-party plugins. You can argue five filters definitely it will still be better. You can argue that Ozone is definitely better. Yeah. I, I'm not gonna deny that. I from time to time, sometimes I use Ozone. I use Five all the time for sure. Ozone, not that much. Because again, if I can master it with just using Fat filter and and any and the stock plugins from Ableton. What do I need Ozone for? I can do the same thing on the stock plugins. Sure, it'll be a lot more, and and I have to go a little bit more. And Ozone will be much more faster and and simpler with just that one thing. But if I can still do the job in in there, what do I need the other third party plugins? Why? Why waste money? So you're essentially saving money. Essentially, you're paying a DAW the price for what it is with all the cool things that it has. Stock plugins to work great. Working pro plugins like, you know, the simpler, the, the waveform, the analog. Um, oh, my God. There's so many. The drum buses as well. Hey, bro, you can't even sidechain. I forgot to tell you guys. The most 100% thing that every producer needs when they're making a song, is side-chaining. You need to side-chain everything. You want that kick to hit and at the same time doesn't clash with the, with the other melodies or songs or the vocals? Side-chain. Ableton has the ability to side-chain amazingly by just going through the compressor. While you have to buy Kickstart to do a side-chain, Ableton can do that very, very quickly. And it's much more direct and straight to the point. It's so easy to sidechain with using Ableton's compressor. When it comes to sound design, it's another thing. Like the ability to resample in, in Ableton is next level. Like it's not the same 
when you resample through Fruity Loops or through Pro Tools or through Logic. No. Resampling Ableton is much more effective and it costs you less on the GPU and the CPU. And the beauty of the resample is that once you resample a, uh, a song or a sound or a sample itself, the sound that it has, you can warp it however you want it. Granted, a lot of people say, yeah, but Logic can do that. Free Loots can do that. It rotates with that. What, what makes Ableton's like so unique? Because you can even time slow or fast pace the audio. And it can be played on real time. Stretching it or squeezing it as much as you can. And you can slap multiple effects on top of it. And for some reason, it comes one unique sound. You can even literally take a portion of the resample, a little small portion, and resample it again and just add more stuff to it and comes out something crazy. It's so easy to do it. That's why I keep telling you from the beginning. Ableton is user-friendly. It's easy to pick up. You can even... And we're talking about this in the arrange view. In the clip view, bro, you just grab any beat machine making that has pads, connect it, slap a couple of sounds, and then you can just like tap in right there. No other DAW has that other than Ableton. Ableton can both go from, from a range view where we normally make our music by just slapping on a bunch of stuff and rearranging its, its structure to make it more of a sound and then having Serum or or re, or sound design for whatever plugins they use, massive or you know, and then have our shit there. Clip view, you can still do some of that. It's gonna be a little bit different. Clip view is more for for live performances or even to record certain things and have it you know beat matching, like beat man, like a, a lot of hip hop producers and trap producers. They do a lot of the beat make uh, beat, yeah, beat making. That's what they they call themselves beat makers. Yeah. They like to beat match. And when they slap on Ableton, they just go with the with their big ass packs and they got their audios already set up. So all they gotta do is just tap in and go And even on live, a lot of live bands that have Ableton, they they basically have their, you know, and then they just go along with the band and they just go bam and then the fin starts and then just go in more and more. I know Liquid Bar used to do that a lot. Um, Port Robinson do that. Even oh, even my man Moldstead, Josh. Yeah, they do that. Um, yeah, like tell me what other DAW that allows you to do that, that you can just like do that on live, on live, and also in a studio to be make making. What other DAW does that? That you can do both the live and be making on the clip view and then or go in a range view. And then you can just drag and structure your song. What other DAW does that? Nobody can answer me that. Nobody. Nobody can answer me that they can do that flippity fluke. How many times I've seen on a live show when a live band, and you saw the key, the PV, you see the pianist, the keyboard pianist, have a computer on the side. You want to know what program he has? That, because in the clip view, they can actually go ahead and play with the with whatever sounds they got on the piano. That's why you got multiple pianos or have it on the on the launch pad or, or a beat pad that they got. And if they want to use the piano stuff, they can still do the piano or switch it back to Ableton and say, I have a, set, a specific piano preset sound on Massive or Serum or Faceplant or whatever. And then I can play it through Ableton. You know how I do that? Well, I just grab my laptop. I just grab my 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 audio interface and hook it up to their system. I got, I got my keyboard that's hooked up to Ableton, and it's like, oh, I I found the song. I found the the preset. All right, play it around in life. There you go. We got this. Just go nuts with it. Oh, let's next song is a different sound. All right, let me switch the preset. Bam. All right. Yep, I got it. Let's go. What other DAW does that that you can play on live? Nobody. Which is why I, I bring this technical perspective as to why I believe Ableton is one of the, the best out there. And I feel like if I had to scale it, I'll put it as the top dog, like the number one. 
fads, guys. And and I just talked about more of the music and audio components of it and the live components uh, that you can just do, which is bananas. But let's talk about, again, the video component of it. Remember when I say that you can edit videos on it. And it's not as perfect as Pro Tools video options of how, you know, scrolling down. It's not as perfect. No, I'll give them that. They Ableton can do a little bit better and they can improve themselves a little bit better if they're going to tackle that whole video aspect, which they should, and go in competition with Pro Tools on that aspect. They need to get better on their video engine for sure. I, even though Ableton was not designed for that, it was designed for audio purposes and music creation. But I feel like the video, if they, if they, if they imp- implemented that under DAW, and gives me the ability to cut, edit, paste videos by using their audio, and having a small screen for me to see what I cut and paste. If Ableton has that ability to do it, I feel like they can they can expand and and build a better video engine that they can go on competition with Pro Tools and have people in the industry to take a look at Ableton and be like, oh shit, Ableton is it looks very easy and cool than Pro Tools. That's gonna inspire a lot of people to do that type of stuff, you know? But that stuff that you you know you have to bring them to the table so they can be like consider it. You know, the more you comment, the more you let them know on the forums, the more you talk to them on their seminars and whatnot. That's the only way to go. But I feel maybe they're in it, and I don't. I'm not aware of it. Somebody could correct me. Let me know in the comments down below. Um, but even even in its basic form, it's still good because it can still shoot 4K. I, I can bounce whatever video I have. I can bounce it to whatever resolution I want at whatever frames and at whatever BPS that I want. That's how good Ableton is on its basic form to video uh, to bounce video, which I feel like that's so easy, which it, it was a, a concern of mine when I started the podcast. If I'm going to do videos, it's like, shit, I need to learn how to use Premiere. Because that's like the best of the best in the in the industry. There's nothing in competition to it. I need to learn how to use Premiere. Fuck, how do I do this? Like, oh my God, there's so many shortcuts. It's like, damn it, learning this all over again. This sucks. But then when I when I start editing um Ableton on the audio platform, and it has it shows me the screen of the video, and I start, you know, copy pasting, I was like, huh. And I start and I started to do it much more faster, faster. And then before you know it, my podcast bounces from Ableton on at whatever resolution that I want. And it's audio is mitz mastered perfectly. And all I gotta do is just slap it on Premiere to add the the intro and outro and clear the color coding. Call it a day. Bounce it. That's it. That's so easy. Which is something that I encourage people to do that, you know, if you're very good at uh, at certain, uh, like, uh, if you're very good at, at video editing on um, Premiere and that, stick to it. Well, if you're very good at certain things, you stick to the DAW that good because, like, again, I'm, I'm, I'm not, I will not say that I'm the, the most pro Ableton, but I know all the shortcuts and I still don't, I still know how to use them and use them very effectively. If I'm very good at, why should I change? My habits of editing and stuff to another DAW when I could do everything in that DAW. I could create music, I can mix, I can master, I can video edit. I know all the shortcuts of it. If the system works, why mess? So that's just my take um, on Mableton and why I encourage people to like when they started up to see what what program should I start? Like, man, I need to learn how to do this, how to do that. What, where should I start? Like, I always encourage people to start with Ableton Intro. A hundred bucks. It's a, I don't know if they increase it, but the last time I checked, it was a hundred bucks. Start with it. If you love it that much, then level up the standard. And if you want to go to the next level like I am, go with the sweet version, which the sweet version is like the one that like if you give me Ableton standards, like I'm a, I'm a like, no, I, I only deal with sweet. That's how bougie I am. I only work with Sweet because in Sweet I can do so much more than standard engine. But if you want to learn the basics on Ableton, bro, go start with Ableton Intro, hundred bucks. See, 
see how it feels. If you love it, boom, you got a program, bro. And you're going to learn a lot from it. And if you guys need like tutorials or if you guys need, you know, private tutoring sessions on how to use Ableton and whatnot, guys, comment down below or shoot a DM to me and we can schedule something, guys. And absolutely, I'm more than happy to do so. All right. So my opinion about Ableton, Ableton's the shit. <laughs> it's one of the best, you know, in the industry. It's very overlooked. And I, I if 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 they really encourage and put Ableton to to implement more on the video engine, like they did with Pro Tools, I feel like Ableton will be destroying the entire industry. These are my thoughts. This is why I believe Ableton is the best. Let me know in the comments down below what you guys think about it. Let me know if I missed something out. And, you know, tell me what is your preferred DAW and why you think it's it's better than Ableton. Let's have a conversation, you know. Moving on. Next topic. Let's see what are we what do we got today? Um, what what in the actual uh next topic, next topic. This remember guys what I told you about um wild takes and ugly topics. Yeah, this one's kind of ugly. It involves with the infamous Dr. Umar Johnson, or or should I call him Fraud Johnson? And he's not a he's definitely. Um, for those of you who don't know who Dr. Umar Johnson is, he is known as a very activist black doctor, according to him. He's a doctor, but he's not. That that he his beliefs is that he does not he's against interracial relationships, which is wild because I'm in, in a interracial relationship. For those of you who don't know, um, I'm Hispanic, I'm come from Puerto Rico. My culture is way different than than here in the States. And I'm marrying to a white girl. And her culture is different from mine. We're like, you can tell the difference into our culture. But nevertheless, it's still an interracial relationship. Whether, when, whether you want to believe it or not, but technically it is. And our cultures are way different. <laughs> way different. And if, any, if anything, it shows then how much, how uh, far apart we are. But we love each other, you know, and that's what matters. And this moron, this black racist, because he's a racist, 100%, comes out and tells everybody, like, how white girls are, are damaging black folks. Or the snow bunnies. Nani? He takes some of the most wildest things. Like, you look at it, and he's very consistent about it. You look at it, and he's like, Dude, this guy's a comedian, bro. Like, there's no way he believes. It's like, hey, we all fought the same thing with Trump. You know, he's a comedian. Like, we never thought that he will say some of the wildest things. Same thing with Alex Jones. We thought that this guy, the wildest things that he says is pretty wild. That it sounds more of a comedian's take, but no, they're real. And Dr. Umar Johnson is, is no different from them. No different. Say what you want to say. He's no different. But I'm going to play this clip from the brilliant idiots where he talks about it and how he criticized the Little Mermaid and Spider-Man into the Spider-Verse and how that's very race, racist about it. Nani? Bruh. He takes one interesting take about it. and Umar's latest take on the Little Mermaid and Spider-Verse. Oh, look at that hat, too. Always repping the home team. <laughs> Philly, baby. Can somebody help me understand this new Spider cartoon? I don't follow the cartoon. Spider-Man Across the Universe. Spider-Man Across the Universe, and he's bunny hopping in the damn trailer I saw on YouTube. How the hell are you going to have a black superhero cartoon for our children? And he's lusting and thirsting over the skim milk in the damn trailer. This is mm. insane. <laughs> How are you going to have a cartoon bunny hopping over the white girl in the cartoon. Serious? Lord have mercy. And then what is it? Little Mermaid? They said Little Mermaid is swimming in the milk. She is what? bunny hopping too. Bruh. Little what? Mermaid what? got a snow puppy. Insane, brothers and sisters. I can confirm. We can't even have a cartoon with black on black love. Oh. We can't even have a cartoon with black on black. Is getting out of control. Bruh. All right. 
So let me let me stop you there. There's a little bit more, and there's an interesting take that they take out of it. Yeah, guys, that that, that was that that alone was a wild take as it is. Clearly, he's ignorant, blissfully ignorant. That's the correct word for him. Because he's assumed that oh, because we got a Spider-Man, he's black, and Little Mary because he's black. Why is there why is there only a black one black, and they're going along with white people? Why is that this and that? It's like. Dr. Umar. They're cartoons. They're characters. Who gives a shit? Emotional damage. And in the, in the defense of into uh, Spider-Man to the Spider-Verse, Miles Morales is actually a character in the Spider-Man universe. In, in the actual comic, he's half black and half Puerto Rican. He's 100% black. But the story doesn't have to be revolved around that black person. No, it's just... It, it's the spider Spider-Man into the Spider-Verse involves him, his story, and how he's becoming the, the next Spider-Man for, for New York. And how he's trying to help every every other Spider-Man across the universes because there's multiple Spider-Man. It's a multiverse. It has nothing to do with Razor Component or anything. But the antagonist, like the so-called antagonist, I believe he, he there's that Spider-Man is Hispanic. Correct me if I'm wrong. I have I haven't seen the movie. I'm gonna watch the movie this weekend. I'm excited for it. You know, I'm like, holy crap! I can't I can't believe it. the first movie was amazing. This second movie is gonna be dope for sure, for sure. Um, what? Gotcha, bitch. Because of Spider Gwen, Spider Gwen, she's an actual character in the Spider in the Spider Verse. Gwen Stacy, and so happened that she's white. They don't really because it's not it's not in. I mean, I don't know what am I talking about. It's a cartoon. It's a kid's movie, for fuck's sake. It's been known on um, cartoons and comics. This is in video games. This is not something like racial about it. Why are we making it? Why are you talking out of your goddamn ass and saying this stupidity? And then on the Little Mermaid, all the Little Mermaid siblings, they're all different. By the way, Little Mermaid is exceedingly expected is doing great on Bot's office. It's doing great. I haven't watched it. I'll take my niece to it. But yeah. Um, and so far, she's the character of Ariel, she's doing a fan, she did a fantastic job. According to all the sources that I'm looking at, she did a fantastic job. They didn't cast her because, like, oh, it has to be black or it has to be white. Maybe there is a little bit about it. But the whole story about the Little Mermaid does not revolve on black excellence. No. around a mermaid who wants to be better, who wants to be falling into love with a prince, with a human. Human and mermaid, which can be happening. But, you know, that's what happens. That's the whole story of it. That's, that's the gist of it. it. Has nothing to do with being black or being white or anything. Mind you guys. If Alex Jones, and I'm again, I'm not trying to defend these guys because I feel like these guys are horrible people as well. If Alex Jones and the Nick Fuentes and the Donald Trumps and the DeSantis of this world say stuff like that, you will call them bigots. You'll call them Rosses and you try to cancel them, right? If they say those words that Dr. Umar said, if they said on their words, everybody will call them your supremacists. Your bigots, your Rosses, and all that stuff, right? If they say those words. But when it comes to Dr. Umar, he says that, no, nah, I can't understand what he's meant. <laughs> what? Gotcha, bitch. Ignorance is bliss, apparently. Pick the button. Congratulations. You played yourself. He's a Rosses. Whether you want to believe it or not, like, bro, anybody who watched the Boondots, Uncle Ruckus, they are. There are many uh, racial uh, racists out there. They are. It's not predominantly only for white people. No, there are in other in other races. You know, for other countries, Asian sons, Asian parents can be racist. They don't want their Asian kid to marry a, a white folk or a black folk or 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 Hispanic folk. No, they want to marry their own kind. Even sometimes within their own kind, they say. I'm, I'm, I'm Chinese and you're Japanese. We can't be together because our parents will not agree. So, or Korean. Or you're Vietnamese. Or Filipino. Yeah, it does happen. Including the Indians. Oh my God, Indians. 
And Muslims are very conservative about those values, those family values. No, you have to marry with this within the eyes of uh, a Muslim or Buddha, Buddhism, whatever. Yeah, guys, they don't want to marry another that that's not within their own kin. It's not just white. It's that's why it's like an interesting take that a lot of people like assume that white is the only one. Like, no, black people can be racist too. Hispanics can be racist too. Oh my god, don't even get me started with that. Anyways, let's look, let's let's listen a little bit further. Watch me get this download. Spider Man, bunny hopping. She probably gonna accuse him of smacking her too. Watch, he gonna get locked up. Let me tell you what's gonna happen. Spider Man across the universe. She gonna accuse him of rape, and he gonna go to jail, and they are gonna replace him with a white Spider Man. Watch, that's what's going. He gonna get accused of sexual harassment by the Snow Bunny in the cartoon. He's going to go to jail and lose his spidey senses and they're going to replace him with a snow puppy. The new Spider-Man will be a snow puppy. That's what they're going to do. That's what they're going to do. Little Mermaid going to have his mixed race child and he's going to go to court and take the damn mixed race mermaid child from Little Mermaid. That's what she get for swimming in the skin. That's what she get for swimming in the skin. You can't help to laugh at that shit out of the stupidity. Holy shit. First off, same company, two different universes. The the, the Mermaid's one universe. Spider-Man is a different universe. They, they will never meet. It's never clashed. Unless you're playing Kingdom Hearts, there's no way those two will ever mingle. Like, woo! Yeah, okay. But he's not racist. All right. Back. That's, That's what she gets. Swimming, swimming, swimming in the skin. Criteria for secretary take. natural hair. Oh, nobody more consistent. Dr. Umar does not believe in interracial relationships, even in the goddamn multiverse. <laughs> oh, okay. Dr. Umar doesn't feel like there is a world. It don't matter if it's Earth 646, 818. There should be no interracial mm-hmm. relationship whatsoever. Mm-hmm. Now, have you seen The Little Mermaid? No. Yeah, I saw it. I saw the original one. I never saw the original one. Really? Okay, so break this one down. This is the Black Little Mermaid. What's it's not what? even a Black Little Mermaid. It's literally the Little Mermaid story. She just happens to be black. Like there's no Seriously. race references Seriously. at <laughs> all. It's crazy. Right. No, it's not. It, 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 you you say the black. It's, it's the Little Mermaid. And she's a black it. actress. But when you say nowadays, if you say it's the black such and such, then that means it's like there's some blackness behind. But they don't it. make her super black. No, there's nothing about. There's nothing. Nothing about her. Nothing. Is black. I mean, nothing so about the story is rooted in blackness. I actually Got think it. they kind of dropped the ball a little bit because I'm like, well, man, man yeah, how come they don't yeah, make sorry, this guys. Uh, Little Mermaid be set in the Caribbean? Sebastian is from Jamaica randomly as fuck. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? He got this Caribbean accent random as fuck. Like, mm-hmm. it should have been, to me, based off, like, being off the coast of, like, some Caribbean Where island. Is it? it feels like Europe or France or somewhere, yeah. Yeah. Under the sea. And it's like, you know, I I, I have a theory outside of Little Mermaid. I don't think any live piece based off, you know what I'm saying? You can never make a hyena. (laughs) What about all the comics turned into live action? Mm. That's different, though. Word. Yeah, so wild thought, wild take, wild take from Dr. Umar. Very delusional. It comes from delusion and ignorance. Don't try to politicize something, uh, some, uh, some of your beliefs into cartoons and make-believe stuff. Don't try to do that. Because it's going to make you look like, like an idiot. It's going to make you look like a fool. Honestly. And trying to politicize so hard, it just makes you look like an idiot. Like, one does not have to do with the other. My thoughts, my thoughts in this, I'm going to move on and talk about other stuff. Um, my thoughts of this, um, Dr. Umar is an ignorant racist. Yeah, he's trying to politicize something that has no meaning to be politicized. And he has no meaning to, he's just trying to get attention. That's what it is. He was, pro, that's what it is. He was trying to get some attention Nobody has been talking about him. He hasn't been trending a well, and then he has to take this wild take, and now everybody's talking about it. Opportunists. Call it like it is. 
But if you guys got something to say, let me know in the comments down below and let me hear your thoughts about this. Because to me, this is just stupid, bro. This is blatantly stupidity at its at its peak level. Like, golly. I don't know what else to say. Um, let's just move on before we wrap this up. Um, definitely want to talk about. Oh, Secessions. The series finale was this week. You know, I watched it. Um, wow, there was a lot of plot twists and a lot of hoo-hahs. And it's within plot twists, within plot twists. I didn't, honestly did not know where this was going. Every, and, and it just shows you, like, the level of greatness to the series is because it just shows you who really wants it, you know? The whole time, the whole time, I believe, um, Kendall really wanted it from the very beginning. He wanted it. The other siblings didn't care for it. They didn't want it, but they wanted it just to spite him. Just to spite him. That's the only reason why they wanted it. And when Kendall pulled it out, it's like, guys, do you really want this? And Shiv, she's just a double, double twisting snake. I'm sorry. Look, every single sibling has its own stupidity level, but I feel like Kendall was the only one that, that can actually have it. He could have had it. By the way, spoilers alert. Um, but I feel Shiv is just a two-timing snake to her husband and to herself, to her siblings. Like She's the one character that you can never trust her from the very beginning. You can never trust her. And Roman, Ro, Roman, yeah, like he's a masochist. He he started the way he and he's like he doesn't give a shit. He's just doing it just to just to play ball. And and Connor, Connor is just a wacko. <laughs> um, there was just a brief moment in which I feel like all oh, the siblings are gonna stick together. And when this and I feel like Kendall got a little bit too cocky and. Trying to fill his father's shoes is like it was just too cocky and becoming a little bit arrogant as to like he got this, but in reality, that's what messed it up the cockiness, the arrogance. And that ultimately landed his downfall, you know? And and a plot twist, which is like, I couldn't believe this guy got the position. The true successor was Tom, Shifts Ed's husband or are still husband because they haven't finally divorced. But Tom, the one person that I always said for the entire cities, he's a snake. He's a two-timing snake. He he was a he's a nobody that was using people, using his wife to leverage himself to be in the top dots because he's he doesn't come from a from known family. Nobody gives a shit about him. Nobody gives a shit about his family. Like he's he's just known to be a person to be there. You can tell, like he he's a gold digger, basically. And he succeeded. All because Shiv two-timed Kendall because she didn't want him to to be there because she couldn't get the power. So nobody's gonna get the power. And she couldn't give a legitimate answer as to why. It's just I don't like you. That's the only reason. And I feel like that is so stupid of her. That you just messed everything up. That's there, that's there to talk about from succession. It it ended great, you know. Uh, oh yeah, let's talk about um Zelda, guys. The Legend of Zelda Tears of the Kingdom. I started to play it and holy crap, every day I'm playing this game, guys. Is that freaking good, guys? I kid you not. Like, I will highly recommend people playing this game. And le let me tell you, like what I said in the last podcast, I haven't played a Zelda game since probably um, Twilight Princess. And the remakes, uh, well, not remakes, but but the remakes of Ocarina of Time and Majora's Mask on the 3DS, you know? But this game, Tears of Kingdom, oh my God, it was it's amazing. It's surely amazing. And I highly, highly recommend people to to watch uh, to play this game, man. I'm hooked up every day out of it, and my God, I, I thought that I'm only gonna be playing Pokemon games on the Nintendo Switch until I start playing Tears of the Kingdom, and I'm like, oh my God, yeah, I'm gonna be playing this game a lot more, you know. And I cannot wait to explore 
everything. And yeah, guys, like I highly, it's to me, it's an A plus, you know, that a 10 out of 10, honestly. Some call it a 9 out of 10, sure. Maybe it's because I haven't played enough, but so far I'm playing it. I'm enjoying it. That's the thing. A lot of these Zelda games are RPGs that, you know, it's it's rare if if you catch me. Like, if you got my attention and I start playing it and I'm hooked at it, I'll play it. But if not, I'll stop playing it midway and never finish it. This game hooked me up and now I'm like, I can't let it go. It's amazing. So I highly recommend you guys watching the, I mean, watching, not playing the game. It's definitely good. Last thing, last thing before we wrap it up and close this. The PlayStation Showcase was aired last week. I couldn't talk about it because it, I talked about it way too early or something. I don't know. It just didn't it didn't match up. But the PlayStation Showcase revealed some amazing trailers and some announcements that I didn't expect. I'm going to show you guys what I'm talking about. Um, let me see if I can put it on a big screen so you guys can watch it. Um, so PlayStation finally pulled back the curtain on the PS5 lineup for this year and beyond in today's. PlayStation Showcase 2013, which is last week, and it showed a couple of games. So the first one is the Spider-Man 2 gets a lengthy gameplay showcase. So Spider-Man 2, uh, Spider 2 tra um, trailer came about, and, you know, it shows Kraven, the Hunter, and then shows freaking Spider-Man becoming Venom Spider-Man. So there's going to be some components. Miles Morales is going to be there. The gameplay to Venom is dope. I mean, M Miles Morales is there. And yeah, guys, like it, it, it looked so dope, the trailer, you know, and I'm not into this. I didn't I didn't get into the, the game, but it looks dope and I'm happy for it. This was a, a shocking for me. Metal Gear Solid Snake Eater remake. And they call it they call it Metal Gear Solid Delta Snake Eater. It's the remake of the third game, which is wild to me. I thought they were going to remake the first game, you know, to start out the series like that. But no. And Hideo Kojima is not part of it. And which is like, I understand that Konami and Kojima don't get along that well after how Konami fucked Kojima, which is so shitty of them. And I love the trailer. Like, it looks visually amazing. I love the trailer. They also announced the Master Collection Volume 1, which includes the first, second, and third game of the Metal Gear Solid franchise. And they say Volume 1. That means, like, oh, my God. Volume 2 has to be Guns of the Patriots, Revengeance, and, and probably Peace Walker and Portable Ops. Like, I don't know what other volumes that we're going to have. But I'm excited to play that, and I'm a sucker to buy Metal Gear. Even if I already played it, I'll play it again in my new PlayStation. So it's like, yeah. And the remake of it, this will indicate, this will indicate that if they did a remake free, there's going to be a one, two, three, and possibly four. Because it's it's been a long time since they did something like that. So I'm pretty sure that's going to happen. I don't think the five. Oh yeah, forgot collection. We'll be part of collection five, I believe. I don't know. I don't care much about five, honestly. Um, the PlayStation announced the dedicated gaming streaming project Q so far. So it looked like uh, it looked like a Nintendo Switch. That's the running joke. It looked like a Nintendo Switch, but um, on PlayStation. Um, my thoughts to it. I think I'm gonna get it because. It's a streaming. It's a streaming device that I can actually play my own games through through the device. So I don't really have to be um, playing the PlayStation on my TV. I can actually legit be playing it through my device, and then my 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 wife can actually be doing other stuff and whatnot, watching Netflix or Hulu or whatnot, and I could be playing my video game. We could be there. So I'm about it. I'm all about it. No release date or the hardware or. Nothing. It's just that it's just announced that look at this new thing that we're having. Not even the pricing. I hope the price is not that outrageous, but it's PlayStation. We'll see. Assassin's Creed Mirage, it gets a release date on October 12th. I might consider getting this game because it looked like it's going back to its roots to, to from the original Assassin's Creed games like one and two and Brotherhood. We'll see. We'll see more gameplay. I hope it doesn't fall 
the trend of like Valhalla and and Odyssey and Origins, you know, where we had to battle wars and shit like that. Like, no, this is more dealt with the stealthiness and the action. I hope. We'll see how it goes, honestly. But I definitely am waiting for the the other one, which is the Japanese version that's going to be a shinobi base. Like, oof. Alan Wake 2, it looks dope. I haven't played the one, the first one, but it, it, it piqued my interest. The Final Fantasy 16, which is going to be released this month, I believe. Yeah, this month of June. It's getting released. I'm okay about it. I don't. I hope it hooks me up like it did with Tears of Kingdom. We'll see. Dragon's Dogma 2. Uh, eh, whatever. Bungie announces new marathon game. So it's going to be the new Fortnite. We'll see. Street Fighter 6. Not into it. But, it, you know, good. I know a lot of people, a lot of fans are like, yay about it. Uh, Jay Raymond's Haven Studio reveals fair game. Uh, mm, I'm okay about that. The Talos Principles 2. Uh, Foam Star. That's uh, uh, honestly, it's a, yeah, basically, it's a Splatoon like shooter game from Square Enix. In the. Phantom Blade Zero. This was this is a new hack and slash RPG game. I thought it was like Ghost of Tsushima too, but when they start to become a little bit more um, supernatural looking, like I'm like, whoa, what is this? And the gameplay of it, I'm like, this is a new hack and slash game that I've been wanting. I didn't know I needed it, but um, now I want it. Oh my god, yeah, it's a set in a phantom world, a place where Chinese kung fu, steampunk, and more convergence. Game will feature fast-paced swords combat taking place in the bleak and punishing semi-open world. The game does not yet have a release date or release window, but I'm all about it. You should check that trailer out. Oh my god, it's amazing. Ghost Runner two, I I was surprised by this one as well, and I'm uh, I'm all about it. That first game was still amazing, you know. Arrowheads two, Hell Divers two. I mean. I'm, I'm not the big fan of multiplayers. I'm all about campaign-driven, you know? Giant Squid reveals Sword of the Seas. Resident Evil 4 Remake VR mode. I mean, good for them, but I don't give a shit about, re about the VR mode. It would be dope if you were revealed at least like a little teaser of our, the RE9 or the next remake. Maybe, maybe in the October we'll get something. Maybe. We'll see. Five Nights at Freddy's Help Wanted 2 was announced um, on top of the, that same week of the DLC. See how it goes. Um, other indie games, you know, I don't even know most of these. Yeah, it's just, yeah, basically it was a good, it was good. A lot of people were like against it. People were like, ah, it sucked. Nothing important. All these games are going to be in Xbox. Why not? I mean, like, yeah, guys, like some of the some of the AdSpots games are owned by AdSpots. So obviously, AdSpots need to have that, you know, relationship contract. It's like, don't exclude, don't take us away from these games, you know, like we're a partnership in all this. So it's like, yeah, I get it. Whatever. The Delta and the Phantom Blade were probably the two that got me off guard. Oh, yeah, and the and the Project Cube, that which is like the Nintendo version of PlayStation to stream your games, that brought me off, caught me off guard. So it was, I don't know, I liked it. I liked it. It was good. It was remained to be expected. You know, that's why like they didn't, they never needed E3. There was nothing to show in E3. Like they're gonna show this is like nah, because then Xbox will show something, Nintendo will show something, and other the game developers will show on their own. They don't need E3 for this. It could be the end of E3. Who knows? Let me know in the comments down below. We're going to wrap this up, guys. Thank you very much for tuning in. And remember, every week is a brand new episode with a brand new topic. So always remember to like and subscribe for your weekly episodes at the Wolfpack Podcast for SoundCloud, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and iHeartRadio. And of course, the YouTube channel where you can check all my latest episodes of the Wolfpack and the Lone Wolf Podcast at YouTube.com slash the Lone Wolf Podcast. Yes, we're all under the same umbrella. YouTube.com slash the Lone Wolf Podcast. Or at Lone Wolf Pod. Comment down below and let me hear your thoughts. Share your experiences. If you guys, if you guys got a specific topic, please, that you want me to cover, please, 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 let me know in the comments down below. 
And so I can, you know, check and see what topics we could talk about. And I'm going to do my best to cover it on the next episode. Okay, guys? So thank you guys for tuning in. And we'll see you guys at the next one. All right? Peace.